I am Sam J. Jones, Flash Gordon. Okay. Oh, excuse me. That's okay. It's been a long day. <laughs> the dome always does that to me. Okay. It's good to be seen. It really is. And you're listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get me so easily. It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that we will give you witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. It's amazing. Sam Jones back again. He can't stop listening to our show. Sam, thank you once again. Uh, from a very dark, cold, icy corner of sublevel 12, deep in Area 51. Welcome to TalkCast 338, this week's edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night, with all new stuff. Uh, there's nothing new going on here. It's the same stuff you've been hearing all along. Joining the TalkCast tonight, a truncated cast, and if you've ever been truncated, you know just how painful that can be. In the Acton TARDIS reseeding company, the technical anarchist, our own button-pushing, keyboard-clacking, sonic screwdriver and girl genius, uh, who's very tired. It's Kriana. XCOM. Yeah, see, I told you. From the stacks of her personal space in the dank dungeons, long drive to nowhere, befriending robots, inviting aliens to lunch, and having knitting circles at Stonehenge, it's a Zombrarian. You forgot one of my very important titles. I did? What did I forget? Recent inventor <laughs> of the word roll. <laughs> Which is when you try to say rock and roll at the same time. And it kind of comes out then, as drool, yeah. And then, like, try to stop yourself, and it's way too late. <laughs> it's a great word. I'm going it's to a great trade. Word. It's already trademarked. I'm going to be patenting it soon. Excellent. Huzzah. I, th- I think uh, you should be getting, uh, like, 14 cents every time somebody says it. So by this time next year, you should have, I don't know, 14 cents. I'm not a, I'm not a greedy person. I'll take, I'll take a nickel. Okay. Okay. We'll like make that happen. Five cent word. <laughs> Our guest tonight is a guy to whom many of you know. He's been on the show a couple of times before. If you've been to a Comic-Con, you've seen his booth uh, from HB Comics. Alan Hebert joins us. Alan, welcome back. Oh, it's great to be back. I love you guys. Yeah, well, you got to be the one then. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we're here to talk about all things HB for the next, I don't know, 20, 30, 40, 60, 90 minutes, whatever. Um, for those people who don't know HB Comics, we will provide you guys with a, a link to who they are and where you can get their stuff at any convention. Uh, Along the eastern seaboard, I guess you can see them. You can uh, talk to them. Uh, they, they are a very approachable group of guys. Uh, how did HB Comics, and I don't think I've ever asked you this, 
How did it get started? Um, well, Chris was always drawing ever since he could hold a pencil. And I've always liked writing. And as we slowly got into comic books, I think my first comic books were actually, you know, The Secret Wars from Marvel. That was <laughs> some of their old Star Wars books. Yeah. Um, I, at one point, eventually, decided I wanted to do comic books, and Chris was drawing characters all over the place. So one day I went over to him and said, um, you know, I got some character ideas of my own. You want to get together and form a company? And at the time, I was probably about 17, making Chris about 13. So essentially, it was child labor at that point for you. Exactly. Nicely done. <laughs> By the time we actually got it, started getting a little more serious about it, and I wrote out the first uh, script for Laser Man number one. I was about 19 years old at the time. Chris was uh, about 15. And he actually drew out the full book way back when. And when we're talking about 1993 at this point. Of course, it's a 15-year-old's artwork. And, you know, that never got published, but years later we would, you know, go back to that well and do it again. I was going to say, you started Laserman back in 91, and it first actually got published, I think, like seven, eight years later? 2008 was actually... Uh, when we oh, wow! Back. Okay. <laughs> it was a it's while. One of those things we always talked about doing it, you know, for one reason or another it never happened, and then... 2008, we uh, debuted Laser Man number one and two at uh, Philadelphia Comic Con, at Wizard World Philadelphia. So, you guys first started as just this independent group of guys and walking into a Comic Con and going, Check this out, what do you think? Yeah, pretty much. It was just uh, me and my brother at the time. Um, we have a friend, Ken Youngquist, who writes uh, Mystery Man for us, who's always been on board. But he didn't do a lot of the early cons with us. Um, first con I actually think we did was this very small Boston one, and we put together a uh, a little four pager laser man that we gave out for free to people. So, what was it that made the jump for you uh, from that little four page hand, free handout to go, "Hey, what do you think? Uh, you know, you want to check us out?" to actually becoming a company with an idea. And I mean, the idea, I don't know if this was, I'm going to ask two questions at once. I don't know if this was the idea from the beginning, but you guys have always had a very family friendly flavor to you. And that's really just the way we're both kind of raised. We were raised in a very tight family. And I think my writing style really reflects that. I, I, I always say I never intended Laser Man to be a, a kid book. I just wrote it so that it was you know very accessible. I grew up with comics in you know the early '80s before they started getting really dark and everything. Well, I and, I, I honestly never thought of Laser Man when I first saw it, which I think was maybe, gosh, uh, six, seven, eight years ago. Uh, that that I it never hit me as a kid's comic. Well, some people looked at it that way, and other people, you know, looked at it and said, Laser Man, what a strange name. Well, yeah, there was that. <laughs> um, but it became, you know, more obvious that there wasn't a lot of comics that could go to kids, so Laser Man actually sold pretty well to kids. Again, it was never aimed at kids, it was just, but it was, it's not a dumbed-down-for-kids comic book. 
Right, and it wasn't one of the, you know, like, uh, uh, Daffy Duck, Looney Tunes comics. It, it wasn't uh, cartoonish. It, it was a superhero comic that, you know, had some content to it. It wasn't just kind of, I don't know, I, I'm not sure what it wasn't, but I'm pretty sure that it had a lot of content to it and uh, was, you know, well put together. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, again, we worked on it from about 1993 to 2008, so um, it's always great to hear anybody say that. <laughs> well, you know, it's the kind of thing that it wasn't mainstream. It wasn't, you know, like uh, uh, Batman War or, or, you know, that kind of stuff. So well, you know, when I bought comics in like the early 80s, I mean, you could buy a Superman for, you know, an eight-year-old even if it was probably designed more for a 15 or 16 year old. Yeah. And there were 20 year olds reading it. And that's really not so much the case nowadays. I'm not sure I'd want younger kids reading a lot of the books that Marvel and DC publish, but my writing style reflects what I grew up with. And as I'm sorry, go on. No, no, go ahead. And as, as you guys expanded and, and became more well-known at conventions began selling. You also began to open up titles as well uh, to a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, we moved on to Vindication, which again was always part of the plan. Vindication was Chris's early team when he was drawing before I ever came to him with the idea for Laser Man. And that eventually became Vindication, and Mystery Man was our friend Ken's dream. Um, we, and we still got stuff planned out that we've been planning for years that we haven't even debuted yet. Now, where it gets different is Team Synergy is actually a fairly new idea of mine. Now, and let, let's talk about that. Uh, I've heard the pitch, because <laughs> we sat and we talked about it. You Top guys Rooms. were among the first people to ever hear outside, you know, the main HP group. Yeah, yeah. And it was, I, I kind of sat there and went, nobody's been here before. This is a great place to be. So for our listeners who were not aware of what Team Synergy is let's talk about that for a little bit okay well it goes back to i you know as we often say we have a lot of girls in our family chris has two girls i don't have any children but pretty much every cousin i have has at least one or two girls our family birthday parties are all we got maybe two boys in it and it's all girls and i watch my nieces a lot and one day i was watching two of my nieces and I was trying to find something superhero to put on for them, and I, I couldn't find anything. And I think I went through some old videotapes and came up with Sailor Moon. Now, they're watching Sailor Moon with it, and they seem to like it. And I'm thinking to myself, this is essentially an American superhero, a, a Japanese version of an American superhero. Mm -hmm. And why is there nothing like this in the U.S.? It, it you, at no that point, there really wasn't, yeah. Yeah, so I got started getting the wheels turning, and eventually I started, you know, thinking more and more and more about, you know, what young girl superheroes should be like. And eventually I came up with this idea of just putting together a whole team, and that's sort of how Team Synergy was born. Now, Team Synergy is a comic geared towards young younger girls, yes, specifically. And is essentially five cousins. 
five cousins who all inherited their powers from their great-grandmother. They're distant cousins, so they don't all know each other at first. And the great-grandmother is, as we'll find out in backstory, one of the original superheroes of our universe, going back to World War II days. And she serves as mentor for these young girls. That's correct. So how did you flesh out the individuals and figure out how you wanted them to be and what you wanted them to do? Well, some of the characters themselves we had sort of laying around character ideas that weren't really fully flushed out. And eventually I started thinking about, you know, how the team should be, how diverse it should be. And I went, went for what I call the Breakfast Club method. And if you watch the Breakfast Club, it's basically about a bunch of young kids from different social groups who are brought together and they have to get along for a few hours. So basically, we've got a jock type, we've got a cheerleader type, we've got a punk type. And that's, uh, that's really where, how, how it all started. And as, as you were putting these together, um, your brother, I'm guessing, was working on the look of the characters and the individual kind of draws for them. Uh, Chris had created some of the characters earlier for the team that he had considered. Um, I think I created the character Hot Pink. Specific, I think she's the only one that's created specifically for this book. Uh, her and Pinball. Uh, awesome Girl was actually created by uh, Ken Youngquist, who's our Mystery Man writer. And you know, we were always talking about where should we use her. And uh, the other ones were created by Chris earlier than that. So at what point did everything kind of mix together into the Spellbound storyline? Well, I, I've been working on it for a while before I even told Chris. And Chris knew I was up to something. And he knew I wasn't telling him. I was keeping it close because I really, before, you know, I knew that this was going to be very world-changing for us. We've had all these plans for years. We've you know, had a release schedule on what books are supposed to come out when. And I knew once I presented this to him, this was going to something that was going to leapfrog over all the other books that we were planning. Because I just knew it was going to be, it was just a great idea. Eventually one day I was, uh, once I figured out who I wanted for the team, I was driving with Chris and he kept sort of poking me on it saying, you know, what are you planning? And eventually I just spilled my guts to him and said, okay, <laughs> this is the idea. <laughs> How, how do you guys, like, hide things from each other? I mean, you guys are, like, constantly together. It's, how does it not, even work? not easy. It, it really wasn't at all. Uh, again, I told you, he knew I was working on something. And I kept telling him I don't want to talk about it yet because it's still just a very minor idea. And eventually, so now, he probably pushed it out of me maybe three months earlier than I wanted to tell him. But <laughs> And I think almost immediately, it's like his eyes widened. And it was like, yeah, this is a good idea. Yeah, it's it's so much fun watching you guys in the same place at the same time. Because you literally do finish each other's sentences. Yeah, you know, we're five years apart and that surprises people. <laughs> we'll be walking down the street and people will look at us and say, oh, twins. And we're like, no, no, we're five years Different, but I mean, we grew up. I have to admit it before, right before we put you on to the call, I was like, I think they're twins. Are they twins? Maybe they're just brothers. 
I don't know. And Dome knew, but I did not remember that. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, after doing a Baltimore Comic Con, we were walking down the street, and I remember four people in a row all looked at us and went, Twins. Just like that. And you guys went, are so no. in sync. <laughs> yeah. Well, we look no, alike. And you seriously are. I mean, the dynamic of watching you guys at your booth at a convention, it's like... You're listening as your brother's talking to someone, and I can see the wheels turning in your head going, now talk about this. And then when he does, you you almost nod. It's it's really funny to watch sometimes. Yeah, uh, Chris came up with most of our pictures, and it's almost like he ran them in my head. Nice. And, yeah, he's... And it, anyone who's been around both of us knows he's more the talker than I am. I'm more the, the quiet one in the background. Yeah, and yet you do you do fine with the talking too, though. <laughs> well, so for anyone the, listening, I'm not as comfortable as he would be. If you go back and listen to the other times we've been interviewed, Chris is very comfortable with uh, being, doing interviews and stuff. And you both were really good on the Kickstarter video. I've got to tell you too, but that's a whole other story. Now, two years ago, you were debuting Team Synergy. And you did something that I thought was really, really brilliant in that you brought live action uh, Team Synergy with you. Yeah, we and had that was, uh, cosplayers. Before we that even was had the at uh, GraniteCon, right. Yeah, GraniteCon, we had uh, a little four-page preview book of it. And um, we actually had... Uh, the first GraniteCon, we only had three of the cosplayers. We had... Uh, a girl we had known through Facebook and different conventions, Christina Costello, um, contacted us and said, you know, I'd really like to do some work with you guys. And, you know, leave it to Chris. He, you know, was like, well, you know, we're coming out with this book. And he started telling her about it, sent her pictures, and she's like, oh, I want to do Awesome Girl. So he told me about it. I was overjoyed. And two days later, she's pinging us and saying, I got a friend who uh, really likes look at the book and wants to do scatterbrain so we're like yeah sure (laughs) and then uh two days after that it was like oh i got another friend who wants to do one of the other characters so that granicon we had three of them and they had another friend with them and we sort of convinced the other friend to do pinball now are you bringing them with you to conventions are they still like a live action part of the team at this point uh, they are sometimes, you know, it depends on, you know, if they can get work, if they can do a certain convention. Um, Granicon, I'm guessing they'll be with us in Granicon because they live closer to that con than any of the other ones. Oh, they were wonderful. They were a lot of fun for uh, for me to interview. And they knew the backstories, too, which I thought was really good. <laughs> they were well coached by you guys. Yeah, yeah. We, we Well, we, you know us. We talk a lot about the books. You know, we're very passionate about what we produce. I was going to say, you have been very passionate. Every project I've seen you guys do has been, you know, ah, we just did this book, and and it's okay. There was none of that. There's never been any of that. I think that, in in some ways, is what makes HB Comics really important for me as, as, uh, as, as your friend, I hope, but also as a consumer, is that there's a passion on the page that comes through. 
yeah, I think uh, there's passion on just about every page that we put into. And, uh, I mean, even when we're selling, I think it come, that passion comes through to people. I mean, anybody who's seen us at a convention knows we're not sitting back, you know, waiting for people to come over and pick up the book. We're engaging people to come over, hey, have a look at the book, putting the book in their hand, telling them about the book, about the universe, about these four books that make up the HB Comics universe about the two books we might have coming out next year. <laughs> we'll get to that. We will absolutely get to that. And I will annoy you until I hear something about it. But let's talk a little bit about the Kickstarter first. Uh, you've got a Kickstarter that's currently about uh, 10 days in right now. It'll be about 15 days when this airs, uh, called Team Synergy Volume 1 Spellbound. Yes, which is collect the first three issues of Team Synergy. And it tells the first story arc, uh, their first, Essentially, a public superhero outing. Why? Why did? What made you decide to jump to Kickstarter for this? Um. Well, generally, our business model has become, you know, publish a story, uh, do the story arcs and the single issues, and then bring them to trade because people seem to like trades more. Some people like the single issues, but most, yeah, anytime. We're selling single issues to people. They're like, oh, you're going to put it into a trade? So we try to get all the stories arcs into a trade, not like random issues, but we try to base story arcs. And this will be the, the first full story arc of the girls. And we're, at, uh, we're at about 33% right now. We're trying to raise 3500 and we got, as of this moment in time, 1,183, and that was from the first 10 days. Yeah. So you're right about a third of the way there, about a third of the time. Exactly. So you're on target for, for making your goal. And hopefully our listeners, uh, who may have already had a single issue of it, are now going to want the trade paperback. Which, by the way, you've got some really nice rewards at at reasonable levels, uh, so that should uh, that should work very much in your favor. Yeah, we got a uh, variant cover done by Darren Taylor that uh, seems to be really popular among people. We have a reward that has the two trades. We got a T-shirt reward. Yeah, if you got that young girl in your life that would like a superhero T-shirt, this might be there. You go. go. We even have a reward where you can be drawn into an upcoming issue. Oh, now, see, that's the cool one. But <laughs> mine is get one of every possible thing that you guys have done, which is, uh, you know, that that's a just a great one. Uh, yeah, great actually, uh, price. That, was, that wasn't added at launch. Uh, that was added maybe four or five days ago. I was at work, and I, it just came to me. Why don't we do one where every comic book we've ever produced? I called Chris. He said, wow, that's a great idea. And I swear, within 10 minutes of me telling him it, he had it up on the, the site as a new reward. And, and it did. dollar level, and it's called Welcome to the Universe. And it did. Uh, you sold at least one of them already, so nice job yeah. there. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, we need to back up, though, because I have yeah. more questions about this get drawn into the comic one. First and most important, will the hypothetical person who buys this, who I will refer to as 
I. Will I be drawn as a superhero slash villain? Or will I just be like a random person in the crowd? Um, it's really designed more for like a, you know, person in the background or, I mean, but of course we can work with people too, so. Okay, I was going to say, am I going to have control over my own background story and storyline? <laughs> <laughs> Sweet Polly Purebred in the background, absolutely. <laughs> and that's a reward we've actually given with pretty much every Kickstarter we've done. This is our fourth Kickstarter. Oh, see, now I want to know. Like, I really want to see, like, a slideshow of all of the people drawn into the background and which panel they're in. Not because I'm like, oh, now I need to, like, research what I think I'll have you do with mine. Um, But, like, just because I think that would be really cool. You know, that would be something cool to have on your website. Uh, Just those those, uh, particular pictures. Yeah, here are the people, you know, it's kind of like a Where's Waldo of Kickstarter people. Mm-hmm. That would be a great idea. Yeah, like in uh, Laserman number eight, there's a giant, you know, fancy dinner party. And most of the cameos were drawn into the background there. Nice. But, no, one of them was our sister. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you can, there's always room for that, something like that. Absolutely. So next time you see me, you're going to have me point that out to you. Yes, I am. <laughs> I really I really think you should just kind of collage them all out at some point on your website. Here are the people that we've done this for. See if you can figure out who they are in these pages. Yeah, we, we should definitely do that. I'll so Start harassing Chris for that one. <laughs> absolutely. I, I will send him an email later on tonight after I send him the email that says, Hey, where the hell were you tonight? Uh, <laughs> but so Team Synergy is now ready. Its first three volumes are done. Going into the trade paperback, what's coming up for them in the next uh, the next story arc? Well, the next story arc is going to be a flashback to how they all met. You know, I'm, oh, if you nice. read okay. Laser Man, then you know I'm very big on origin stories. Yeah, yeah. You do and do the backstory do very well. I wanted to do an origin story for them, and I wasn't always sure that the first issue was the best place for the backstory. We've always have had this debate whether, you know, Laser Man number one should have been this whole backstory, and maybe we should have done something else. It's just one of these, you know, hypothetical if we did it differently. So this time around, I decided to do it differently, and I just started with, hey, they're a team, this is their first day out on... In public, this is, you know, people getting to know them. Now I'm going to go back and I'm going to, in the next two issues after that, so that would be uh, four and five, it's going to be, this is how they met, this is how Granny brought them all together and trained them. And you're going to see, you know, because they were from these different social groups, they didn't really all get along at first. And there's going to be, you know, a heavy message of, you know, you got to get along despite, you know, your differences. Very nice, very nice. As we always say, strength and family. Absolutely. <clears throat> and I mean, that's, again, one of the uh, underlying uh, plot lines, not just in this, but that you generate through a lot of your stuff, through a lot of your work. And further issues are going to, you know, we're going to try to set up a really cool rogues gallery for them. 
it's this sounds like something that you've got planned out quite a ways into the future. Just in talking, I think we came out with what essentially the first 20 issues are going to be like. Oh, that's terrible. So we've got to make this Kickstarter work. So if you're listening, click on the link that's sitting in front of you as you're listening to this and throw some money their way for a really, really interesting, good series that you can also gift to uh, some younger reader who's going to really enjoy it as well. But what's coming up in HB for uh, for uh, new stuff? Well, I just handed over the script for Laser Man number 10 to Chris. That's Laser kind of amazing. Yeah. Don't you think you're, you're in number 10 already with Laser Man? Mm-hmm. And this is going to be the beginning of the first really big story arc for him. He's going to face what I'd call his first real challenge. Nice. You know, he's fought jewel thieves, he's fought, you know, zombie lords. You know, and he fought Razor Man in the first one, none of which have actually been a real challenge to him. Now he's going to meet somebody who is bigger than him, stronger than him, smarter than him. And this is where we take that whole, what does it mean to be a hero, to the next level. So that's for Laser Man. Um, Vindication, we almost have the next issue done, which should complete that story arc that they've been, we've been on for a little while with that one, the Thrive story arc. And I think it's just a question of getting it all uh, colored and lettered. But uh, poor Chris has had so much on his plate that he's put his own book on the back burner. <laughs> is, is, that, is that the real problem now, the prioritizing of what's next and, and uh, what's in the queue in the in, upcoming? I mean, Chris does all the coloring for everything, and he does the lettering, and he does a fantastic job. And I help him as much as I can with the coloring, but I'm not as uh, gifted as he is with that. And I think he's really become a gifted colorist and a gifted letterer. Oh, over the over the past couple of years, while I've watched your stuff grow, uh, there's there's been a a steady progression of this is better, it's tighter, it's more fun. Uh, all the all the way through, and uh, you know I'm one of your biggest fans, uh, and and I've always enjoyed your stuff. If if people are coming to conventions this year, where are they going to be able to find you guys? We actually have a pretty good list of uh, cons in the Northeast. We're doing our next one is supposed to be Northeast Comic Con in Hanover, Mass. That is in March, isn't it? Yeah, that is March 3rd. Right. And that's uh, what people refer to as Gary's show. If you know the Gary's show! <laughs> um, that is our next planned one. We might have another one uh, before that. Um, it's just a question if we can all get off work and pull it off or not. <laughs> uh, we're going to be doing a whole bunch in the you know Boston, New England area. And, and for those of you, uh, what's what's going to happen with uh, Boston Con this year for you guys? It's something that we're still talking about. I mean, everybody knows by this point that, you know, Boston has really sort of uh, gone up in price and made it very difficult for the little guy to get a table there. 
if for, for those of you who, who were just uh, weren't aware of it, uh, Boston Comic Con is uh, kind of evolving uh, into uh, it, it's over the years become larger and larger and larger and local artists have been finding it more and more difficult. So my feeling is we're probably going to end up doing it, to be honest. But, you know, sometimes we'll talk and we'll say, no, we can't do it. And other times we'll talk and we'll be like, yeah, we kind of have to do it. It's Boston. Yeah. I think that's, that's the same issue. A lot of people are having, I mean, the new ownership is obviously part of the issue as well, but, and, and I think it's a new venue this year, isn't it? Yeah, it's a new venue as well. Oh, I was just getting used to the old one. <laughs> but, you know, we are so lucky because there are so many Comic-Cons we can just drive to. You're right. There, 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 there are small so ones. There's in New England now. There's um, Plastic City <laughs> now, which is a one-day Comic-Con. There's the two Northeast Comic-Cons. There's the Super Mega Fest events. You know, it's funny because I have to... There's so many now in Connecticut. I, I can't even keep track of which ones are which in Connecticut. Yeah, there's Connecticut and uh, uh, Comic-Con, C-O-N-N. And then there's the one in Worcester, Massive Con. Mm. Yeah, they're, they're like crazy. I have a friend of mine who used to live outside of Atlanta. And in Atlanta, they have that one con every year. And that's pretty much it. And then they moved up uh, in the New England area and he went, you know, during the summer, it's like there's one every other weekend. And I went, you know what? You're you're kind of right. <laughs> you could really, between Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Connecticut, Massachusetts, and upstate New York, pretty much hit a con every other weekend. Yeah, you could. So Which is kind of nuts. Comic -Con, you know, the, that takes a little bit out of that blow for us because there's so many in the area. And for well, our fans no. in Philadelphia, we go to Wizard World Philadelphia every year. Well, that's kind of where you guys started out, isn't it? Yeah, our first big con was indeed Wizard World Philadelphia. We premiered Laser Man's 1 and 2 at uh, the 2008 show. And we go in there every year. We've always had a very steady uh, increase in sales. Every single year we've been going there. It's, it's kind of nice to go back home, yeah. And last year we went there with Team Synergy for the first time, and that exploded. And everywhere we've taken Team Synergy, it has exploded. And rightfully so. I mean, you've you've come up with, I think, uh, a really interesting concept. Uh, the the draw out of it is very crisp and very cool. The writing is wonderful, and to have your your live action team with you in the booth is just uh, a, a step above, and, and just fun yeah I definitely agree <laughs> <laughs> well Alan as, as usual it, it's always wonderful to talk to you it's more fun to be around you guys at conventions and stuff and uh, I don't know what our convention schedule is going to be like this year but we'll definitely see you soon at a convention near you it's, ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages it's Alan Hebert from Team Synergy, and HP Comics. Thanks so much for joining us, man. Uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it's it. It's always a pleasure having you here. Hey, Kriana, do you have any idea who's on next week? What? 
I said, do you have any idea who's on next week? Nope. Oh, wait. Nope. Week Matt after. Matt week after, no? I, I know. But not, not next week. Who's, no. who's that? Uh, it's Jeremy Whitley. <laughs> and next week, Matthew Philly joins us to talk about the indestructibles. And sometime, the very near future, the Corey's coming back to race three. But I didn't think it went. Time by Saturday night is the official podcast. Edit.com. Northeast Comic Con, uh, booksandbooks.com, comiccardhouse.com. Comic Card House has the best deals on the digital art. Dozens of the Take a look at the website. I decided to stand up. Amazon and Amazon.com. Our teaching production is provided by Rockwell's. And our actual music is provided by the Orphans Made Me Cry. Check out more here. Move something. Make me cry. I want to thank our guest, Alan, for joining us tonight, talking about HP Comics and, and all the cool stuff that they do, and especially about Team Synergy. I want to thank uh, our cast for joining us tonight from the Acton Action Time Warp, Sweetheart of the Soundboard, Brianna, and the Woman of Words Umbrarian. Thank you so much, ladies. That's what she said. She says it a lot, too. This is Dome saying, Terry and Jeannie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. I know.